Hello everyone, my name is Frank Rock. Welcome to From the Hacks Waking Up with the Scotties Lunch Edition. On today's episode, my guests are 2010 Olympic medalist and TSN curling broadcaster Cheryl Bernard, Matt Dunstone, who will skip uh, Team Saskatchewan at the upcoming bar, and Mary Shilvers, a 1997 Scotties finalist, best known these days as co-host of the popular Two Girls and a Game podcast. My first guest today is Cheryl Bernard, who took a few minutes uh, to chat with me in between draws at the 2021 Scotties. She is currently calling the action with Vic Router and Russ Howard for TSN Sports inside the Calgary bubble. Cheryl, you've been inside the bubble for the better part of a week now, uh, watching these teams as they compete on Scotty's ice. Uh, what have you seen as far as progression goes in the quality of play from the start of the week to where we are now approaching, as we speak, uh, approaching the, uh, the start of the championship pool? You know, I, it's getting better. I think there was, uh, you know, lack of play, lack of reps this year definitely affected all these teams coming in. I mean, when would be the last time any of them made a pressure shot to win a game? And and that combined with, you know, the ice was green and they were figuring out how to get a little extra curl into it. So it changed a little bit early. Um, you know, both those things contributed to maybe what I would call sloppier play early. But we expected that. I, I don't think you can expect... Uh, end of season performance when it's really the beginning of the season uh so i thought really it would be mentally how each individual player and team dealt with uh you know maybe subpar play and and they've really they have they've most of the teams that are going to get through have overcome that mentally and now you're starting to see teams settle in they look comfortable they're making those pressure shots now, there were many people expecting all kinds of upsets during the Scotties this year because all of the teams were coming in having played very little so far this season. However, the cream seems to be rising to the top, Cheryl, and I know that most of the top teams have access to mental performance coaches. Uh, do you believe that this might be one of the factors that will help some teams as the week continues? Uh, the pressure mounts and players get increasingly weary after a year of playing next to no games, and do you think that it's going to be the mental side of the game that might help push some teams through? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, you're seeing the Anderson come through, the team Homan come through, teams that have worked probably longer on the mental side of the game. Um, but that being said, I talked to most of these teams coming in, and it was interesting with the lack of play this year, they did focus on that side of their game. And the analytics where they really went back and looked at old game game videos and, you know, tried to analyze where deficiencies were. And so... I think had they been able to do all that and then also get some games in leading up to this, um, you know, really would have helped with the level of play early. Um, but that being said, now you're starting to see the separation that maybe you typically see early in an event because of the training and the experience, because a Homan, an Anderson, a Jones, they've just played at this level for so long and that just gives you that extra advantage. Now, two young teams have gotten a lot of attention this week at the Scotties. Team St. George of Quebec, who have played so well and seem to be enjoying themselves so much. And then also reigning world junior champs, Team Zacharias of Manitoba, who found the going tough this week, but received rave reviews from the other teams and media scrums uh, throughout the week. What has been the difference between those two teams this week, uh, Cheryl? Is it simply a case of one or two shots here and there that have come back to haunt Team Zacharias? Or has Team St. George simply been able to deal with Scotty's week a little bit better? Yeah, it's funny. I'm not sure I can pinpoint anything as 
the the difference. I I really thought coming in personalities would handle the bubble differently, and so that could be part of it. it be personalities on the teams that are handling it and you know it's confinement and you're restricted and you don't get to do the things you normally do but you know I look at Quebec and Laurie St. George their team they just have such a they're so grateful for being out here and they've worked so hard like don't get me wrong when I had a good conversation with her before coming in she lives eats and breathes curling and loves the game and they've worked very hard on their technical and the mental they're one of the next gen teams coming up so they've had access to the mental training and the physical training and and they've taken advantage advantage of it and it really shows and then I I think for team Zacharias I mean they're world junior champions so they, you can't take anything away from them there, but they seemed a little unsettled early. They maybe had a couple tough ones to start that they dropped and a little bit of a lack of confidence. Um, so just didn't get the start. And I, I do think a hot start is, is an advantage in this event. And some teams didn't quite get that just based on their schedule. Now, what are you expecting in the championship round, Cheryl? Do you think the top-ranked teams such as Anderson, Holman, and Jones will continue their march to, towards the playoffs? Like, I mean, a team could certainly hit the wall in the championship pool and, and lose a few, or perhaps another team might get really hot. But all things considered, it certainly looks like we might end up with several familiar faces come playoff time. No, I don't disagree. I think it's an Anderson, a Holman, Jones. The fourth team is the unknown, and we said that all along, that, you know, the field at, at a certain level there. I, I looked at a flurry, Chelsea Carey. I thought they could grab that spot, but brand new team. And so that, you know, that hasn't been as easy to do. Um, but when you get to that championship pool, the losses you carry forward are so critical. That is huge because now you cross over, you play the other side of the of the round robin teams in the championship pool. And now I think those top teams, Anderson and Holman for sure are eyeing that bye to the final because it's three teams this year. There's no page playoff system. So that is huge to get through to that finals. And finally, Cheryl, uh, we've talked about how well some of the young teams have played this week, but I can't let you go without talking about Wiley veteran Sherry Anderson of Saskatchewan, who has figured out a way to keep herself right in the thick of things this week. She is strategically, she's been there and done it and seen it all. And I think there, that's when you look at a younger team who hasn't had those. <laughs> I've had them. We've all had them. You know, those burning losses, those stinging losses. And you never forget a strategy mistake from those. But when you haven't had them, it's really hard to remember. I mean, people can teach you all they want and draw out strategy scenarios. But Sherry, you're never going to outskip her. And so it, it's a fascinating to watch her playing some of these teams because she knows what to do. She's patient, more patient than any team out here. She has a plan. She sticks to it. And that's her advantage. And I think she can really, she can almost outlast a lot of teams just through both of those patience and strategy. In draw 16 action on Thursday morning, wildcard team Fleury defeated Newfoundland and Labrador by a score of 11-2 to to move to 5-3 and and keep themselves in the championship round picture. After the game, Selena Negevan spoke about how well the team has adapted playing with Chelsea Carey for the first time. It's been good. Obviously, we came in here with Chelsea as a new player, so things are going to take a while to work, and I, I feel like we're learning every game and taking good things from each game, so uh, it was good to come out today really strong and put a good game together. 
In other Draw 16 action, PEI scored four points in the ninth end for a come-from-behind 10-8 victory over Nunavut. Meanwhile, Team Manitoba moved to 5-2 with a 12-3 win over New Brunswick. After the game, skipper Jennifer Jones talked about the week so far for her team. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're pretty happy with where we're at, given how we, we kind of had a little bit of a, a bumpy start. So we're we're pleased that we've kind of put a few wins together, but still a lot of games left, and it looks like it's going to come down to the wire. So we're going to have to play well uh, in the next few games and hopefully just keep getting better. Finally in draw 16 action, Team Saskatchewan defeated British Columbia by a score of 8-7. to After the game, Skip Sherry Anderson spoke about still having some difficulty with the Rocks and the Ice despite her team's 5-2 and record. It's been going okay. We still have some up and downs we can kind of iron out, but I think it's okay. The Ice has um, got me scratching my head a few times between the Ice and the Rocks. I think it's more the Rocks maybe than the Ice. So it's the mentally exhausting. I, I walked off. I thought, oh, it's like eight at night, but I think it's before lunch, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Doing what you got to do to get the W, I guess. But I don't know. I, I think we're, I think we're not far off. Um, there was a lot of shots out there. I'm like, uh, my fault. I don't know. I got the broom in the wrong place. You just throw three or four feet more weight than what you want. The ice is way different. I, giving anywhere in in between here and here for basically the same kind of weight sometimes so it, it's got my got my head working hard <laughs> anderson and lead brianne knapp also chimed in about one surprising difference with this year's scotties which provided one of the funnier quotes of the scotties so far there's a lot of difference differences yeah. but it's a little quieter so different feel out there <laughs> definitely <laughs> i heard i heard the toilet flush <laughs> Holding you hear the weird thing up in the corner and the fl- toilet flushes. I'm like, I have never heard that out of Scotty's before in my life. <laughs> in draw 17 action, Team Alberta took a 10-0 lead at the fifth end break in their game against UConn on their way to an 11-1 win. After the game, skip Laura Walker was asked if her team was satisfied with their Scotties having reached the championship pool, coming off a disappointing finish last year where they lost the last four games of the round robin. Um, not yet. I think our goal is to stand on top of the podium and to to win this event. And um, I don't think we're going to be truly satisfied unless that happens. Yes, it's a, I mean, I guess a bit of a monkey off the back to be into the championship round, but uh, we're not, we're not satisfied at this point by any means. Wildcard team Zacharias ended their Scotties with a 3-5 and record after a 9-4 to win over Northern Ontario. After the game, Mackenzie Zacharias was asked what her and her team had learned in their first Scotties appearance. Uh, a ton, not going to lie. Um, like I said, it's been kind of an interesting curly season not having played a whole lot. So, we, I mean, there's so many great teams here, so we learned a lot from them. And uh, just it, we pushed, we had to push ourselves right from the beginning. Um, had a couple of tough games, so we learned how to kind of persevere through that and just try to come up with a couple of wins, which is kind of what we did too late, but that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, learned a lot this week and hoping to take it into next season. In the battle of the two teams with the fewest losses in the round robin at the Scotties, Ontario's Team Holman defeated Team Canada by a score of 7-4. Both teams will enter the championship pool with one loss. After the game, Rachel Holman was asked if her team had found its best form yet at this year's Scotties. I don't think anybody could really say that right now <laughs> with uh, COVID and just um, the way that we were prepared. We're, I think, firing as well as we can be. Um, I'm really proud of how the girls are playing and um, we're learning from every mistake, every made shot. Uh, We just keep moving forward and keep taking the experience and 
our first real event as a team and uh, it's going really well. And so I'm so proud of uh, my team for sticking in there with me and um, doing all the extra things that I can't do anymore. In the final game on the ice in draw 17, wildcard team Peterson won a win and your in game against the Northwest Territories. Team Peterson scored a gut check come from behind 8-7 win to qualify for the championship pool. After the game, Skip Beth Peterson was thankful for her teammates after she had a difficult start to this game. Sorry, I don't have many words. Um, we're pretty excited. This was our first goal was to make championship pool, so we've done that. Check mark and move on to the next goal. Uh, the girls really held me in there today. I wasn't, um, fortunately, my best, but my girls were great and kind of brought me back in after a few missed shots, and we were able to capitalize on the last two ends and have really pretty much 100% last two ends, and thankful for my girls. In the final round-robin draw of this year's Scotties, Manitoba defeated Nunavut by a score of 11-3. to British Columbia defeated PEI 9-5 to with both teams ending with 4-4 four and four records. Saskatchewan defeated Newfoundland and Labrador by a score of 9-3, allowing Saskatchewan to finish first in their pool, and Quebec defeated New Brunswick by a score of 9-7. The four teams to qualify for the championship pool from Pool B were in order. Team Sherry Anderson of Saskatchewan, Team Jennifer Jones of Manitoba, Team Laurie Saint-Georges of Quebec, and Team Wildcard Fleury, skipped by Chelsea Carey. The matchups on day one of the championship pool are as follows. At 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday, it will be Alberta versus Quebec, Saskatchewan versus Team Canada, Ontario versus Wildcard Team Fleury, and Manitoba versus Wildcard Team Peterson. In the evening draw at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday, it will be Wildcard Team Peterson versus Saskatchewan, Quebec versus Ontario, Manitoba versus Alberta, and Canada versus Wildcard Team Fleury. As I mentioned in the intro, my final guest today is Mary Chilvers, a 1997 Scotties finalist and co-host of the popular Two Girls and the Game podcast. Mary joined me to discuss round-robin play at the Scotties and to look ahead at the championship pool. So Mary, as someone who's competed at the elite level, given the limited amount of ice time the teams have had this season in the lead-up to the Scotties, what did you make of the quality of play in the round-robin portion of the event? You know, I guess you can factor in that the players, you know, were coming into the Scotties a little rusty. Um, most of them, you know, they've not competed for most of the season. I think maybe the sweepers are the most affected by the lack of play. But I think, you know, mechanics-wise, you know, it took a few days to get in the groove. But honestly, after that, I think everyone looks great out there. Um, the quality of play, yes, it's down. And I think that is due to the struggles with the ice and or the rocks. So, you know, I think skips are having a hard time reading the ice or most skips. And uh, I think everyone is having a hard time figuring out draw weight. So many draws, you know, uh, have been missed this week. Get out in the wings. The draws are ending up in the hack. Uh, The ice is release sensitive. So, you know, if you get in a path that really curls, if you have any kind of a soft release, you're dead. So honestly, I, I do feel the quality, quality of play is down, but I think it's not lack of play. I really just think that they're struggling with the ice and the rocks. So obviously you believe, like many others do, that the ice conditions have clearly had an impact on the action in the round robin. Was the teams have been quicker to adjust, Mary, to the ice and the rocks? Had they played more games this season where you end up having to deal with all kinds of different surfaces and rocks that can run much differently one from the other? 
I, th- I think it's made a big difference um, whether they played all year or not. Um, I think what players need mostly is consistency in the ice. So, you know, wherever you put that broom, you know what draw weight is going to be. Like, you know, sometimes you can play on ice where the draw weight is the same all across the sheet and from the first end to the 10th. And so, you know, when you're getting in the hack, you know draw weight, but I think here these guys are really being uh, fooled by it. And uh, again, like I say, it's also uh, the ice reading. They, they're they trying to throw a draw. They, they get out in the wing, and <laughs> some of the, the rocks are overcurling like terribly, whereas others are running and, and the rocks ending up in the hack. So really, I do think it comes down to um, adapting to the ice conditions. How impressed have you been with the play of the younger teams at this year, Scotty? Teams like Quebec's Team Saint-Georges and Beth Peterson of Manitoba, who both qualified for the championship pool in their first Scotties, despite the tricky ice conditions. You know, not a lot of good things have come out of this pandemic, but I'm going to say that one thing that has is that the process to qualify for the Scotties changed because of the pandemic, which allowed these, you know, five or six young up-and-coming teams to play in it. Um, I think what has impressed me the most is the composure that these young teams are showing, you know, their attitude. And uh, I think that they're also grateful to have been given this opportunity that they're soaking it all in. But at the same time, they're not just happy to be there. They're, They're taking this opportunity to showcase their talents. And like, like you say, like two of these teams, Peterson and St. George, have, have made it to the, the championship pool. And I just think that's amazing. And then you saw Corinne Brown last night play spoiler to Burt. Um, honestly, if I could change one thing, I'd love to have seen how much an arena full of fans would have embraced these young teams. Um, I think it's been a blessing to the curling community that these young teams got this opportunity. One of the standout, even surprising performers in the round robin at the Scotties this week was Laurie Saint-Georges and her team from Quebec. Now, Laurie is playing in the biggest event of her life. She has reached the championship pool, and she's become a bit of a media favorite all in the same week. What are the advantages and disadvantages of this happening to a young player? Now, it might be fun now, but next year, her name recognition will mean that many people will expect Team Saint-Georges to play at this level every week, that they should be winning events and reaching finals, which can be a lot of pressure for a young team like this. Yeah, that's a great question, Frank. Um, I think Lori, you know, she got off, the Quebec team, they got off to... They got so much media attention because they got off to a winning streak early. And I think this was obviously not expected. And and plus that she uh, knocked off two teams that uh, Bert and Carrie, which would, I would say, be considered upsets. So um, I, I don't think the attention that she's receiving will hurt her in this in this championship, because I think. She'll have realistic expectations going into the championship pool. She knows that she's the underdog. And, uh, you know, I think they also know the media are not expecting her to win. They're just really enjoying seeing her win. You know, and it's a great story. Now, like having said that, moving forward, like you say, to next season, um, they do need to know that curling can be an unforgiving game. And, uh, you know, they need to stay grounded and remember that. And I think, I think they're pretty good with that. Like, I think they do have realistic expectations of themselves. Ne- next year, 
um, they just got to keep it light like they've been doing. And uh, I think they'll be all good. But I, I would have loved to seen the reaction if there was uh, people in the stands. I personally think that they would have thrived with the uh, energy of the fans. I don't think it would have hurt them. I, I think it would have it would have really pumped them up. At the other end of the spectrum, there is Sherry Anderson, a three-time Canadian senior champion and a two-time world senior champion, who has placed herself right in the playoff mix after winning her round-robin pool. How impressed have you been with Sherry and her team? And also, how good of a story is it the way they've played and they've been performing while competing in honor of their teammate, Allie Jenkins, who passed away a year and a half ago now? That's just such a, you know, sad, sad story about Allie Jenkins. And, you know, I saw her husband you know, sending up some tweets about how proud to be of this team. So I think it, you know, it's um, it's slightly maybe surprising. I mean, yeah, I did compete against uh, Sherry Anderson back in the day. Um, and, you know, even Russ, uh, Russ Howard and them are talking about that you're not going to fool her too much on strategy. She's very good at it. So, um, you know, she's actually not very high up in the percent self. I think she was only like 69, 70% for the week. But that 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 was matter in this game, unfortunately. Um, she might be the ideal. She's, uh, you know, they probably eight dynamics on that team. And I think, again, they're not, they didn't put too much pressure on themselves. So I think that's why I'm doing so well. So what do you think were the biggest surprises of the round robin, Mary? You know, Frank, I don't really think there's a whole lot of surprises here. I think, um, you know, these young teams that came in, people might consider surprising, but it's only because we haven't seen them around very much. Um, but now that we have seen them, I think we could consider none of them a surprise, like the two that got into the um, the playoff uh, group. I mean, um, you could maybe it was surprising that Bert didn't get in. Um, I don't know answer on that one. Um, the biggest surprise, obviously, to everyone is the Quebec team and how well they've done. Um, but again, I think you know, they're, they're Canadian junior silver medals, so really we would be surprised. I think just be lucky at the Scotties. Doesn't matter if you're good, you're good. Um, I'll tell you one surprise that I have is that an eight pregnant step is playing 86%. And that should be surprised because Rachel Holmes is a machine. But the fact that she hasn't played, she's almost eight months pregnant and she is shooting 86% for the week is unreal. One of the tougher parts of the round robin for me was watching Carrie Galusha and her team come up short of the championship pool again this season in her 18th Scotty's appearance. Now, no disrespect to Team Peterson who earned their spot in the championship pool, but it was still difficult to watch Carrie get so close yet stumble at the end there to fall just outside of the championship pool. First of all, watching Bath Peterson, I, I really enjoyed watching that team from the get-go and you know again she like she got the playoff round same as just a different way like St. George you know she started off well and going whereas Beth was sort of quietly winning you losing one winning more and so she kind of quietly into that championship pool but I love that team I 
I really like her as Skip, so I'm thoroughly entertained by them. Um, as for Carrie Galusha's team, yeah, it's a heartbreaker, and you know, she's been there so many times, and and she's she's done well sometimes, sometimes not so much. This year, she looked like she was playing well, um, but again, that's curling, and um, as I said before, these youngs, they're good. And finally, Mary, there's always a chance that we could be surprised, but it certainly looks like the cream is rising to the top at this year's Scotties, and it might not be a surprise to see some familiar faces come playoff time, right? You know, only playing for three spots instead of the usual four is huge. So every game here on in is so important. But like you say, probably where you're going to see the teams pour it on. In Team Canada, three out of the four players at the top of their playing percent, uh, Rachel is the number one skip, uh, although teammates aren't as high up percentages that they are, but that, that doesn't mean anything really. I think they're going to step up to the plate. Anderson, Holman teams, each only with loss, and they've already played each other. So I see both of those teams getting question is the spot. Uh, Anderson has a ton of experience, but her team not so much. It'll be interesting to see how they fare in this next round. And, of course, you can never, ever count out Jennifer Jones. That's, uh, this is usually when she pours it on. Like Sometimes Jennifer will start the week off a little slow. But as the progresses, so does she. So um, I'd be a little afraid of her. And, of course, uh, Chelsea Carey has done you know quite well. But the, Chelsea's got three losses. And that kind of tells us, you know, um, I think it's going to come to, again, the uh, ice reading is going to be critical. The matchups on day one of the championship pool are as follows. At 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday, it will be Alberta versus Quebec, Saskatchewan versus Team Canada, Ontario versus Wildcard Team Fleury, and Manitoba versus Wildcard Team Peterson. In the evening draw at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday, it will be Wildcard Team Peterson versus Saskatchewan, Quebec versus Ontario, Manitoba versus Alberta, and Canada versus Wildcard Team Fleury. And that does it for today's episode of Waking Up with the Scotty's Lunch Edition. Join us tomorrow for more recaps, insights, and an interview with Devin Haru of CBC Sports and That Curling Show.